listening to the podcast 82488. Booker's songs stood out for their lyrical depth, while most Delta Blues traded on lewd and sexual euphemism. Booker sang about freedom and sorrow and injustice and death. No one else recording blues sides in 1940 would release a song quite like Booker's District Attorney Blues with socially conscious lyrics about a system that will take a woman's man and leave her cold in hand. And that was a selection from today's novel King of Blues The Rise and Reign of B.B. King by author Daniel Davise Page 8 Nora Ella told Riley It's hard for you to understand but your daddy and I well, we're not living together no more Nora Ella left Albert for another man The shock of losing a child might have factored in her departure or perhaps Albert's drinking drove her away. By the spring of 1930, according to the census, mother and son were living in the home of George Hurd, a farmer like Albert, who worked the same cotton fields around Berclare. Once Nora Ella was gone, Albert knew better than to confront the man into whose arms she had fled. When a woman decides she doesn't want a man, he later explained, you let her go. The breakup of Riley's family came as the nation sank into the Great Depression. The stock market had lost nearly half its value between September and November 
waving as the trains rumbled past. Riley might have taken his first classes at the page 24, a spot at the very center of Riley's universe. A few dozen worn stones populate the cemetery today, scattered among fallen leaves and patches of moss in a glade threatened by an encroaching pine forest. None bears Nora Ellis' name. Riley rejected repeated entreaties to erect a tombstone in her honor. Close friends guessed at the reason. To erect a marker at his mother's grave was to concede that she was gone, and that was something Riley was never quite prepared to do. Footnote. Some prior accounts suggest Riley did not know the exact location of his mother's grave, but Laura, Walker, and Alan Hammonds, both longtime friends, recalled him pointing out the grave site with precision. Charles Sawyer, the biographer, notes another possible reason for Riley's reluctance to erect a headstone. He was frightened of graveyards. Page 88 of Congress folklorist who visited Parchment periodically to harvest country blues recordings. Lomax recorded Bucca there in 1939. Another visitor was Riley who made the 80 mile journey from Kilmichael with relatives sometime during Booker's confinement. After that visit, Riley recalled, I knew I wanted to stay far away from that place. Booker emerged from prison in 1939 with a head full of some of the finest classic blues songs ever written. According to biographers F. Jack Harley and David Evans, he returned to Chicago and recorded 12 more sides, including Parchman Farm Blues and Vixen to Die Blues. Some or all were issued in the summer of 1940, the last of the classic Delta recordings to be released on a commercial market. According to historian Samuel Charters, Booker's songs stood out for their lyrical depth. While most Delta Blues traded on lewd and sexual euphemism, Booker sang about freedom and sorrow and injustice and death. No one else recording Blues sides in 1940 would release a song quite like Booker's District Attorney Blues with socially conscious lyrics about a system that will take a woman's man and leave her cold in hand. Booker spent the next two years traveling between Chicago and the Delta, where his second marriage was unraveling. In 1942, he settled down, renting an apartment in the Orange Mound section of Memphis which is where Riley found him. The morning after their reunion, Booker awakened Riley 
with the instruction, we'd better start thinking about getting to work. Riley thought Booker meant gigs. In fact, he referred to the Newberry Equipment Factory, where Booker built underground gasoline tanks for service stations. Booker got Riley a job there that very day, and Riley learned to weld. The job paid $60 a week, the most money Riley had ever seen. Booker charged Riley $3 a week for room and board. When Riley wasn't working, he would follow Booker around from party to party, watching him play and studying his style and his presence as a performer. Consciously or not, Riley apprenticed himself to his cousin in much the same way that Robert Johnson had followed Sunhouse around Robbinsville, Mississippi, and that T-Bone Walker had trailed blind Lemon Jefferson in Dallas. The End King of the Blues The Rise and Reign of B.B. King by author Daniel Devise. From the fire literature, you will find a story that touches your soul. Please support the authors in this show by viewing the books on the website 82488.com. That's numbers 824, the word 80.